Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Soul Chicago, along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on Twitter in the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's the Apple iTunes Store, Amazon, or Google Play. You can listen to any of our other five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss it, that's why we tell you to download the app. When you download the Sports Zone Chicago app, you can catch any of our uh, shows uh, archived. You can listen and watch them back at your own leisure. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, by simply subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you want to comment on any of our topics during our two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you, but if you decide to do something stupid or decide to troll, Lakina will give you the Kevin Durant boot. Bye-bye. I love saying that. <laughs> Speaking of giving folks to boot, Lakina, let's kick off this hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports with getting the basketball discussion out of the way for this first block of the show. Lakina, the Chicago Bulls are currently standing with a record of 27 and 22, still tops in the Eastern Conference. They got embarrassed by Brooklyn on Wednesday night, 138 to 112, after the, blowing out the Pistons on their home floor the night before. Lakina, I know I saw your tweets. And uh, you said that Bulls Twitter uh, should be fun after that game. I told you, you on there way more than I am. Lakina, I could sit here and say that I'm very upset at the Bulls losing that game, especially the way they did, but I'm not. Could it be a, a sign of things to come? That remains to be seen. But what I saw on Wednesday, Brooklyn was more focused. They hustled the Bulls, and they were the better team. Now, if you really look deep into it, this is the second time the Bulls have got our class, our shot, and our hustle. This is the second time in the last three games. We talked about what happened in Dallas last Sunday. You corrected it against Detroit, even though they were a much lesser team. But against Brooklyn Fund for National Television audience, I'm not real upset, but this could be a big, bigger sign of things to come. They have a game again on ESPN tonight at 630 against the Warriors. We'll give you a quick preview of that game coming up. But let's go back to Wednesday, Lakina. I'm not going to sit here and say that this Bulls team is overrated. I'm not going to sit here and jump off a bridge and saying that this season is over. They're, they're not any good. But I did watch the Yes Network postgame show. Frank Garcola is a, a, a longtime me being right. He's one of their analysts on the show. And he pointed out a play early in that fourth quarter with Blake Griffin diving for a loose ball. It was a couple other players who diving for loose balls, and that was, and that's when they were on their uh, gigantic run after the, the Bulls tied the game at seventy-one midway through the third quarter. And I said to myself, "That was that was the Bulls for most of the season. Brooklyn, I hustled the Bulls. They are smarter than the Bulls. They shot the ball better than the Bulls. Those little hustle plays is what makes the difference in you winning and losing ball games. Brooklyn was the better team doing it that night." 
Well, the whole look, look, I'm just gonna keep it short and simple with this. Look, I'm not like JJ Reddick, who apparently caused a lot of waves on ESPN when he said that the Bulls are the fifth best team in the East. I think that's a little okay, yeah, that, that's a little bit much. I mean, you know, he likes the front office, but he doesn't like the team. That's a little bit, you know, out there. But look, it was a second of a back of a back to back for the Bulls. Not that I'm making excuses for that. But to start time at nine o'clock central time, I mean. You know, yes, that's gonna that's gonna throw some guys off you know, with their body clocks and such, unless you're a West Coast team. And the way you know Durant was shooting the ball, I mean, he was seven for ten and for with you know for field goals and three for four from three. I mean, they were not gonna get blown out by the Bulls this time. You know, the last couple the couple of times the Bulls did beat the Nets, you know, they weren't at full strength. Now mm-hmm. they have full strength now with you know KD and Irving and and, and Kyrie and you know Harden. You know, they all contributed. You know, I know Kyrie had his struggles. You know, with nine nine points. You know, the bench, the bench guys was really what was the story. You know, Patty Mills had 21 off the bench. So that played a part. You know, they outscored the, he outscored the bench, you know, without the points by himself. Now, as, as for the Bulls, I mean, look, I'm not one of those folks that's going to jump off a bridge. I mean, they're still number one seed right now. They're still 27 and 12. Um, look, did it show some deficiencies that the Bulls have? Yes. I'm not going to say they're going to finish the number one seed in the East. They, they may not do that. They got a very tough stretch coming up, including one the night against Golden State. But, you know, look, the Rosen was upset. You know, they lost Derrick Jones Jr. early on with a knee injury. Thankfully, he's going to be gone about a month, so that's good news. Uh, Vucevic had his struggles, you know, with the ball, also to Lonzo Ball, who's still coming back from COVID. People got to remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still working on his conditioning. You know, Zach, you know, with Zach, you know, he had 22. Kobe White had 18 off the bench, so it takes me off the bench, I should say, so that helped a little mm-hmm. bit. But, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, the sky is falling. Everybody should just, you know, jump off a – you know, jump into Lake Michigan and just go, but no, don't do that. You know, you still got a good, you know, look, the Nets lost to OKC last night. That should tell you something. So can we stop the freak out now, please? Because you know how Bulls Twitter is, and I'm, you know, it's always a fun place, that that you know, little that little Twitter <laughs> fandom. But, yeah, like, I'm not going to sit here like, freak out because, oh, my God, the Bulls got their butts kicked. Like, it's a long season. We're only about, you know, halfway through. We don't look, they 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 got a very tough stretch coming up, and look, they they look, they play play again in a couple of weeks. So I think people just need to chill on everything and all their takes. I'm with our buddy our buddy Kyle Mills, who said the same thing. That look, all you clowns can have your little takes and such. You know, the Bulls are still number one seed, and I think they'll I think they'll be just fine. You're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone. Chicago City Lakina are with you here on Second City Sports as we discuss the Chicago Bulls. As you mentioned, Lakina, some of the key players for the Bulls, uh, they, uh, they didn't do as well on Wednesday. As you mentioned, Lonzo Ball, who I expect more from. He's still uh, battling Cobra. He's starting to get his conditioning back. Vucevic, I'm not going to beat him up on him too much. He's not free of criticism, don't get me wrong, but he needs to step it up a little bit more. Let's remember, too, you mentioned the Derrick Jones injury. Let's remember, too, Alex Caruso has not been back in weeks. and You want him healthy, completely healthy, especially during the stretch run, to get prepared for the stretch run after the All-Star break heading to the playoffs. You want him as healthy as possible because when he was in there, as, as we talked about at the start of the season, he was giving you energy. He was giving you additional scoring. He brought the energy off the bench on the defensive end. And this is something that the Bulls are missing right now. You mentioned Kobe White. He's been having a good stretch. No one had a good game on Wednesday, but Kobe White had a good stretch off the bench. Uh, Tony Bradley Jr. really did do anything. My guy, Alfonso McKinney, uh, even though he scored five points, he struggled, but the the game was out of reach at that point. The two key players 
on the Bulls right now that are missing in action are Javante Green, who's still injured, and Alice Caruso. I ask you, Lakina, I'll, I'll ask our listeners, uh, the ones that are listening and watching, go to our uh, Facebook page at Sports on Chicago or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Who is the MVP of this Bulls team right now? Be careful with your answers. I know, well, see, it has to be DeRozan. It has to be Levine. It has to be the head coach, even Billy Donovan. But the real MVP of this team right now, even though he hasn't played in weeks and they'll need him, especially at the end of the season, is Alex Caruso for me. Who's the, truly the Bulls team MVP right now in your mind? Well, I think you can go with multiple directions, of course, with DeRozan. You can go with Alex Caruso. Um, you know, Zach, of course. You know, AO has been a solid, mm-hmm. you know, c- has contributed a lot of his rookie season. I mean, look, there's so many guys you can go with. And I think let's remember the two this team, like you said, they're not at full strength right now. You know, mm-hmm. Caruso still out with COVID and various injuries. So, Hopefully he'll be back during the stretch run. I mean, because the fact that they're still number one right now in the East and a very tough Eastern Conference is a, a testament to both the team and to the coaching staff. So, you know, that like you can go in all different directions. I think, I think right now, you know, since we're only about halfway through the season, you know, we're just getting to the halfway point. I don't really think that there's any, like, one, like, one person that you can say. I mean, everyone has contributed in different forms. You saw – it was a guy step up when DeRosa was in protocols, when Zach was in protocols. I mean, mm-hmm. they did what they could, you know, before they had to pause. Everything else, I mean, it's just like, oh, oh, oh okay, you know, this guy's, you know, defensively, you know, Kobe White coming back and such. I mean, at, at this point, look, AK and Eversley, you know, they're, you know, they play things really close to the vest. And there was, a, suppose there was a report that came out that said, well, they're thinking about maybe training Kobe White or maybe even P. Will, who's still hurt right now. I don't believe that. This, uh, first, there was a, a New York-based writer who said this, plus the fact that we know that AK and Eversley move in secret. So yes. anybody... You anybody know that bad saying, boys move in silence. <laughs> yeah, any anybody that says, well, I know what they're doing, they probably don't. They probably heard it from somebody else, you know, second or third hand or whatever. But, you know, look, there are guys out there, I, I mean, you know, like Woogie Cuz, I know he's... Where, where he's at? I mean, I don't know why the Bulls don't want him to come on, come on when he was out, but who knows? Maybe he'll, you know, Maybe he'll, he'll be available in a couple of weeks again, but you know, at, the, at this point, I see that there's really nothing you can really, you know, you can't really pinpoint one guy as the MVP right now. Tonight, the Bulls will host the Golden State Warriors in the second and last meeting of the season between these two teams. Remember, Lakina back in November during Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, it was the first game that Nikolai Vucevic missed because of COVID. That game was on national television as well, and the Bulls got embarrassed. And that was before COVID hit the whole team. But tonight, the, the Warriors come in, come in with a 30-11 mark. The Bulls, as I mentioned, 27-12. and 12. The Warriors got embarrassed at Milwaukee last night. So that's good news if you're the Chicago Bulls on one hand because the Golden State is, is playing in the second of back-to-back on that current East Coast road trip. But if you're the Bulls, Call me crazy, Lakina. I think they could do both. It is imperative for this team to play well tonight, and it is imperative for this team to beat the Warriors because not only what happened to you back in November, but the way you got embarrassed on Wednesday night. And as I, just, I mentioned at the top of the show, the way that you've been playing two out of the last three games, getting embarrassed. Well, and also, too, you know, uh, you know, uh, Clay's going to be out, too, because they're easing him back into it. Draymond's still struggling. He's still uh, – hampered by that calf injury, so he probably won't play tonight either. You know, Steph struggled, you know, I know they're probably going to want to kind of redeem themselves after being embarrassed on national television by by the Bucks. but you know, I don't think it's imperative that the Bulls win this game. Now, I, I, it's imperative that they, they play well, 
And I'm sure they're going to feel like, you know, they people are kind of giving up on them and, and stuff because they got stomped on. But, you know, look, I think, you know, if they end up beating the war, if they beat the Warriors, okay, cool. But if it's a close one and Steph just goes nuts tonight and, you know, they lose that way, I mean, there's no shame in that. You know, he's done it to a lot of teams this year. So, look, I, I don't think it's imperative. I'm not going to go that far. But I think winning would be, yes, it would be good if they win, if they won. But, if they don't, especially the least, they obviously put in the effort like they did. They, they were struggling in the field. If they can jump on the Warriors early and Steph continues his struggles, then I could kind of see them sort of pulling away and winning this game. I mean, like I, this isn't a do or die thing for them, but I think for confidence wise, I think that might be might be a better way to put it. But you know, this is their last meeting unless they mean the finals. So you know, I think you if I think. If you're the Bulls, I think you definitely want to put in a good show tonight and perhaps hopefully win this game. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone. Chicago City, Lakina here with you on Second City Sports. Lakina, let's get to the best and the worst from the NBA from this past week. We'll start off going backwards. We'll go back to uh, last night's action. I want to focus in on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, there are two games under 500 at the loser to the Memphis Grizzlies last night. 116 to 108. Desmond Bain but continues to be one of the surprise players in the NBA. He had 21 points off of 5 of 12 shooting for the Memphis Grizzlies last night. There's a new guy uh, reigning in for MVP uh, consideration, in my opinion. I said Steph Curry, number one. DeMar DeRozan, number two. Kevin Durant, number three, especially what he did here in Chicago Wednesday. You get into a fourth guy now, and that's John Morant. John Morant didn't uh, wow anybody in the stat sheet last night, but he's been playing very well as of late ever since he returned from injury. Remember, he missed 14 games. Memphis went 11-3 without his uh, without his presence in the lineup, but John Moran has made a, a bigger difference since he's returned. Last night, he had 16 points on 5-16 shooting, only 0-7 for 3-point range, but he did contribute in other ways with 8 rebounds and 9 assists. Well, I mean, if you if you look at what the MVP is all about, he was out for about three or four weeks with the knee injuries, and they actually played you know well without him. So, if you want to go by like MVP, you know, some people will say, well, wait a minute, they played pretty well without him. So, how he's seen the most valuable player? I mean, if they had lost and they came back and win this run, okay. But then you know they actually played well when he was out. So, you know, how can you consider him MVP? That's what people were saying. This isn't me saying. This is what others mm -hmm. are saying. And, and look, we'll see if they can keep this up. I mean, like I said before, I mean, they're 30 and 14 right now. Could they be this this year's sons? I don't know. We haven't made the playoffs yet. I think, you know, we've seen teams that kind of come out of nowhere and some of them have kind of come back to earth a little bit. So it's going to get you know, a little bit interesting to see if they can keep it up, especially after the All-Star break. If they can keep it up, fine. Maybe we could consider them a, a, a true contender in the West. But if not, if they kind of fall back to earth after the uh, the All-Star break, then they can probably say, you know what, maybe it was a little bit of a mirage. Look, they're getting contributions for not just Morant, Mar you know, but you know, for Jared Jackson Jr. Uh, you know, you got, you got a lot of great young players. You know, Desmond Bing you talked about. Mm -hmm. Zaire Williams. I mean, you know, they've gotten a lot of contributions from a lot of guys. You know, a lot of young guys who are – I don't want to say a lot of these guys were young guys and, you know, miss, you know, cast-offs, but – it's kind of mm -hmm. what they are. I mean, but again, can they keep it up? I mean, once, especially, you know, hopefully, you know, the Clippers can get, get back at full strength, you know, well, with the Nuggets and the Jazz. I mean, can they be up there with those top teams in the West? You know, Phoenix too, we'll see. But I think right now, yeah, you, can kind of, you definitely can take, take notice to them. But as of right now, I, I feel like, you know, let, let's kind of, you know, slow down on the Moran MVP talk, at least for right now. 
Let's stay in the Western Conference. Looking at the Lakers after winning five in a row, they have lost their last two games. I know that superstar Anthony Davis has been working his way to get back into the lineup uh, and warm-ups. He's been doing stuff in the warm-ups over the last couple of weeks. He's supposed to be reevaluated in the next week or two. Lakina, they lost to the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday, 125-116 after a disastrous performance in the third quarter. Russell Westbrook only 2-14 of that game. I don't know if you caught the presser afterwards, but he was asked uh, what – What's the direction of this Lakers team? He almost had a two-minute pause. And I know everybody's putting the blame on him, especially with Anthony Davis being out. Lakina, and as we said before, when you give the keys to a, a, to the franchise, a player, a player like LeBron James, this is what happens. But eventually, the Lakers chose Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan and Buddy Heald. And so the Lakers are stuck with what they got. I know people say, they, well, they could trade him. No one's going to take that contract right now. Now, am I saying that Russell Westbrook is the main problem with the Lakers struggling? No, it's deeper than that. But uh, uh, what do you get, give your state of the address, as we say, uh, about the Los Angeles Lakers right now? It looks like they started to turn the quarter, but they are current uh, on a current two-game losing streak. I don't know what to think about the Lakers at this point. I mean, you thought that maybe they could get it together, but then AD gets hurt and everything else. You think Westbrook is starting to kind of turn the corner, but – he only had eight points against the Kings on Tuesday. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of guys that just don't fit. I, I mean, it's gotten to a point where you're kind of like, okay, what what can the what can the Lakers do? I mean, you can't trade anybody because you got a bad you got a lot of bad contracts. Plus, they got nothing mm-hmm. to trade for. So it's one of those things where you're like, are you just stuck? You know, did you get rid of Frank Vogel perhaps, and maybe you know, bring someone else? You know, promote one of the assistants to see if what they can do. At this point, you just don't know. I mean, they're at 500 right now after, you know, half being halfway through the season. I, I I don't know. Can the Lakers get together? I mean, sure. We still got, there's still a lot of season left. But again, you know, the key is going to be AD starting to, you know, staying healthy. And I think that's been the problem. No one, you know, I know LeBron got hurt early on. I know AD got hurt, mm-hmm. you know, is, is hurt right now. So he's been inconsistent beforehand. So it, it's it's sort of like you just don't know what you're going to get with this Lakers team. Staying in the Western Conference, once again, the Portland Trail Blazers looks like their superstar Damian Lillard, who's been injured off and on throughout the season. It looks like he, he'll elect to have surgery. He'll be out six to eight weeks. Portland split their two games this week. They lost uh, badly at Denver last night. Before, But before that, on Tuesday, they upset the Brooklyn Nets in the makeup game back at the back in Portland. Lakina, will this uh, um, absence of Damian Lillard on the injured list, will this affect the trade? His trade uh, prospects at the trade deadline, Portland still have the option to trade him. Oh, I mean, at, at this point, there's really the only thing you got to do is get him, get him healthy. I think that's the only uh, thing right now. And if you're look, if you're in Portland, I mean, I know I know some people are wondering how this affects the Bulls because they've got, you know, trades and stuff like that. They got to mm-hmm. make the playoffs or else they, 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 they get their pick. But, you know, right right now, I mean, you know, I don't know if they're going to trade him at this point. I mean, I know Portland has been struggling, has been struggling this year. I, I just you know, you really don't know. I mean, getting him healthy. I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup too, even before the abdominal injury. So you just, mm-hmm. it, it's just, you just don't know with, with, with him. And at this point, I, I, I'm not going to say this is a lost season for Portland, but if you try to maybe perhaps maybe try to make a run for the play in and maybe perhaps, I don't, I don't know if the trade value is off the table, but you know, again, you just got to wait and see if he, you know, if he can come back from the surgery in the next few weeks, that's where really the only the only you know question that you have right now. 
And speaking of trade rumors, of course, now you're starting to hear the Ben Simmons rumors. He was part of a trade package, which involved Tobias Harris. It looks like no one's budging at this point. Like, do you still have, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, faith that Philadelphia is going to get what they want at the trade deadline? They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. I'm going to keep it simple. I don't think so either. They're not. They're not. Let's just just move on because we're almost at the break. And before we get into the scheduling, what what else caught your eye uh, this week in the NBA? Yeah, it's just that the Philadelphia continue they continue to win without Ben Simmons. Obviously, Joel and B looks like he's starting to uh, get his get, game back. I know they beat the Hornets or um, on Wednesday. Uh, speaking of Charlotte, they they beat the Bucks earlier this week, this past Monday. So watch out for Charlotte. We talked about their young talent, Keenan, at the start of the season. You still have scary Terry Rozier. You still have Gordon Hayward, and you still have uh, Bridges, and you still have Lamelo Ball, the second year guard. And so that's a nice young team. I know not too many people paying attention to them, but uh, they could get into the play-in tournament, but they could sneak into that seventh spot. You never know. Yeah, and I think that's going to be, you know, I, I look, it's, look, it's, you got to love these play-in term, these play-ins because it's going to get, this is where it gets a little bit weird, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, you thought that maybe they get it together. Maybe they, maybe they are starting to turn a corner. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But as we get to, you know, later, later on in the season, hopefully, you know, you know, guys can guys go come back and maybe we can we can finally see this team for what we know that they can be. So we'll just have to like again, again, we're only halfway through and you know, some of these teams are you know, like the like the Bulls are making it for all these games that are missed due to COVID protocol. So, you know, it's gonna get this is gonna get very interesting. Yeah. And also too before we break down the schedule coming up for this weekend starting tonight, let's give uh, props to the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. Even they got embarrassed at Golden State last Sunday night in the return of Clay Thompson. They beat the Jazz the other night and they beat the Sacramento Kings uh on their current they're on their current uh, West Coast road trip. So yeah, Cleveland's are. not going anywhere either. Yeah, that's a that was a nice win for Cleveland, especially after what happened a couple of games before. So the fact that they were able to beat Utah by 20. You know, that's the you know, Lamar Stevens, you know, he's not a name that's probably, you know, he's not a household name yet, but, you know, he's been kind of leading the charge for Cleveland, especially with now Rubio is out. So they've been kind of sort of, you know, kind of staying flat, but we'll see if they can keep it up. I mean, hopefully the injuries doesn't come back to haunt them. Yeah. Can we say Evan Mobile for rookie of the year or is it too soon to start that campaign? He's definitely up there. He's definitely the team picture, I think, for MVP. He's definitely up there. For rookie of the year, so we'll see. Like I said, you know, that's a nice young roster, of course, with Darius Garland. I know Colin Sexton's out for the year, but this and Alan Crabb, remember, he was on the Brooklyn Knicks a couple of years ago. That big guy in the middle, he said, JaVel McGee, and he's been making a huge difference in the middle. Too bad he's not on the Bulls right now, we could definitely use him, but uh, he's been making a difference for that young Cavaliers team. And they play hard, they play with energy, and they play the win. And right now, they're still uh, uh, hanging around, they're more just hanging around, they're right in the thick of the. Uh, Easter Conference standings at the playoffs will start today. Lakina, before we break for the bottom of the hour, let's get to some of the key games for this weekend in the National Basketball Association, starting with tonight, of course, the first game of the ESPN doubleheader is Golden State at Chicago to take on the Bulls at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. At 6 o'clock, we have Orlando at Charlotte. At the same time, we have the Raptors, who have been coming on very strong lately. Watch out for Scotty Barnes, the other rookie mm-hmm. for the Raptors. Uh, he's been playing very well, too, this year. They'll They'll travel to Detroit to take on the Pistons at 6 o'clock. The Suns will continue their East Coast road trip. They'll take on the Pacers tonight at 6 p.m. And also at the same time, the Celtics will face Philadelphia. Uh, they'll visit Philadelphia to take on the Sixers at 6 p.m. Speaking of the Cavaliers, they'll travel to San Antonio to take on the Spurs at 7.30. The Rockets and the Kings will wrap up the night tonight at 9 o'clock in the second game of the ESPN doubleheader. 
will feature the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, going back to the uh, Cleveland San Antonio game, I think definitely Evan Mobley is the MVP for the Cavs. And also, too, he's right there in the thick of it for Rookie of the Year. And I, like, he's been one of the reasons, especially with, like I said before, hopefully the injuries don't go back to, to bite them, but they might run out of gas. But we'll just have to wait and see with with them. Now, going to tomorrow's game, Saturday, you got Toronto and Milwaukee at 5.30, kind of an early start here before the right before the wild card games. Then you got Portland and Washington. Portland starting their you know, starting their East Coast trip, New York, who got a big win a couple of nights ago. They play Atlanta, New Orleans, and Brooklyn. That should be, you know, I'm sure Brooklyn's going to want to kind of redeem themselves after being mm-hmm. blown out by OKC. Philly and Miami, I'm a little surprised that game's not being televised. I think, you know, Miami's been sort of staying afloat to the deal. Thanks yeah. to uh, uh, Eric, uh, Eric Spolster with, with now Bam still out. You know, Jimmy's been out too. So mm-hmm. I think they've been still been, you know, playing pretty well. Cleveland and OKC, of course, the Bulls. Um, you know, they play at Boston. You know, they've had some pretty interesting games this year. That'll be the second of the back to back, uh, going off the Warriors game tonight. Yeah, that should be a we'll see if they got any uh juice left. You know, I think Bulls fans should be a little more forgiving. Yeah, the Clippers and the, and the Spurs that should be interesting. Uh, at eight o'clock, you know, on the NBA TV's game, you got Los Angeles and Den- the Lakers and Denver, I should say. So that should be a fun one on NBA TV and also to Orlando and Dallas finishing up the nightcap. And taking a look at Sunday's action at high noon, we'll have the Phoenix Suns visiting Detroit to take on the Pistons at 12 noon. At 5 p.m., we'll have the Sacramento Kings hosting the Houston Rockets. At 7 o'clock, the Minnesota Timberwolves still hanging around the 500 mark. They'll host the Golden State Warriors at 7 o'clock. And then to wrap up the Sunday night action, we'll have the Denver Nuggets hosting the Utah Jazz at 7 o'clock. So those are your games this weekend and in and around the National Basketball Association. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to recap the thrilling national championship game as Georgia wins their first college football national championship Yay! in like 42 years. You know, we'll, we'll preview that. You know, we'll review that great game also, too. The, the Bears and, uh, well, they're pretty much inviting everybody to, to uh, talk to for their head coaching and GM positions. We'll have more of that coming up next. This Help season. wanted. <laughs> Yeah, put that all over the internet too. I think put that on the Law with City Brown on the key to begin the second season sports on SportsZone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the SportsZone Chicago. The college football playoff this Monday night in Indianapolis. It's Georgia taking on Alabama. The Bulldogs ranked number three in the college football playoff poll. Alabama number one, but the Crimson Tide head into the game as an underdog. Georgia is a three-point favorite. That's no concern for Crimson Tide coach Nick Saban. You know, being an underdog is being an underdog. They have a really good team that's very well respected. We have a tremendous amount of respect for them. You know, it's important for our players to know what they need to do to be able to continue to have success in the next game, regardless of what happened in the last game. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game, but Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart doesn't see that as a factor. It's really separate from the SEC championship other than obviously everybody I'll be using that tape to look at matchups and, and look at tendencies and things. For lightning fast sports updates, download the score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the sports flash on the sports zone, Chicago. 
This is the feeling you get when you have a dedicated Fidelity Wealth Planner looking at your full financial picture. Someone working with you on a flexible, comprehensive wealth plan based on your goals, helping you balance risk and reward. It's being able to enjoy today because you have a plan for the future. This is the planning effect from Fidelity. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with the Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You, if you have a question or comment for us or during any of our topics of today's show, uh, we have less than 90 minutes left in this extravaganza for today. You go to Facebook.com. Uh, uh, face, uh, the Facebook page is Sports Zone Chicago, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, since is, uh, you are a college football guru for this network, let's review the uh, college football national championship game. Your 2021 champions. I know it says 2022 on it, but it's still the 2021 season, folks. Get it right. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. We say congratulations to them. They defeated the Alabama Crimson Tide 33 to 18. Uh, this past Monday in Indianapolis, Indiana, and Lucas Oil Stadium. Lakina, I told you that the Georgia defense will have to get after Bryce. Uh, um, Bryce, um, Bryce, Young, he's, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, thank you. He's blanking on me. Thank you. Bryce Young early. And I told you Stetson Bennett had to play a good game. He didn't have to carry the team, but Stetson Bennett did, did enough to – to help Georgia when Georgia pulled away in the fourth quarter. But Stetson Bennett was 17 and 26, 224 yards, no interceptions, but he threw two touchdown passes. Also, you have White running the ball 13 times for 84 yards. He had a key touchdown there. But Lakina, it was all about Georgia's defense, especially in that fourth quarter, which uh, helped them pull away from Alabama. It was close all the way, but Georgia made uh, a few big plays at the end. Yeah, some people would say that the first half was a little bit boring. I, I kind of have to agree. It was a little bit of a – it was kind of like a poker game, you know. You didn't want to do yeah. too much. You didn't want to show your hand too much. I mean, I know some people were, including myself too, were saying that, you know, where's JT Daniels? I mean, let, you know, if he's mm-hmm. – you can, you can walk, why was he out there? Because Bennett was having a very, you know, kind of like a sort of – I don't want to say sleepwalking, but he had kind of a, a tough start to the game. But, you know, things started picking up in the, in the, in the second half, especially in the third – especially the fourth quarter, I should say. Georgia had a uh, court scored a touchdown that got them, you know, mm-hmm. kind of get back in the game. But then they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter that propelled them. One was, you know, of course, you know, Bennett, of course, that Zamir White uh, touchdown. Also, too, uh, Keelan Ringo's uh, pick six that kind of sealed the deal for for the Bulldogs. And, you know, it was sort of one of those things where we were saying you know, we were previewing that on Monday, you know, if not now. If Kirby Trump was going to beat, beat Nick Saban now, when was he going to beat him? So this was a perfect opportunity mm-hmm. for them. I know some people said, you know, Jamison Williams going out with a torn ACL. That was tough to see. 
you know, some people say, well, maybe, you know, Alabama would have blown them out. Had I know they had, they lost another one of their wide receivers in, in the semifinal, in the semifinal game. But I think Georgia just won it more. I feel like, I think, you know, Bryson didn't have his best game and, you know, the, the Georgia defense or just pressured him and just, you know, to go you know, smothered him for the, uh, for, you know, for a while, they sacked him four times. You know, it was just one of those things where you just like you kind of commend the you know, great. They had a great defensive plan, and they were able to execute. And I like what they were able to do there. You know, uh, uh, like they were able to do in the SEC championship game, and just you know, it was just a great performance by that defense and that, uh, by the team. I mean, Kirby Smart, who had, they actually showed a, cl- a, a clip of him. He had ten interceptions. He played at Georgia. He was a defensive defensive back. You know, he's the fourth head coach to you know in the past sixty seasons. You know, that's when how you know. At, you know, in the D1 level to win a championship as alma mater. Jordan Guts, of course, you know, Bear Bryant, who did it six times for mm-hmm. Bama. Steve Spurrier, who did it in 96 for Florida. And also, too, the most recent Phil Former, who did it at Tennessee. And, you know, he's, he's definitely starting a program there. And, you know, you got a lot of guys, you know, some of the guys will probably be back next year. I mean, James Cook, who is Dalvin Cook's kid brother, he had a that big run that sort of, that sort of set up that touchdown, you know, that kind of got Georgia mm-hmm. back into the game. And, you know, it was just the probably one of, you know, I'm not going to say it was, a, it was a classic game, if you will, because it, it, it wasn't because the first half was kind of slow, but definitely mm-hmm. one of the best second halves of any championship game. I, I, you, I was going to bring up the continue with the point on Georgia's Divas. I told you on, on Monday they had to pressure Bryce Young. They did that, as you mentioned. They sat them four times. Also, too, the Georgia defense had nine tackles for loss against Alabama. And what did I say about Alabama on the other side with one of my keys uh, um, this past Monday's show? They had to run the football, and they couldn't do that with any consistency. Of course, yeah, Robinson was 68 yards off of two carries. Uh, sorry, off of 22 carries, but you could tell that Georgia got home to Bryce uh, to to Bryce Young, especially early, and, and so they, uh, Alabama's running game suffered, and we and we saw uh, what Georgia did finally taking advantage of some breaks uh, in the fourth quarter. So let's give George, let's give Georgia uh, uh, defense. That's where really carried the, to the, carried the day for them as they won their national championship. Yeah, it, it really did. I think that kind of the. You know, I think that I think they may have been caught off guard. I think the SEC championship game. Yeah, I think they're definitely up there in the team pitch. It's probably one of the best defenses ever. I know we don't recently bias aside, but you know that was you know that that was just a great you know performance by that Georgia defense. And look, I mean, I'll, I'll you know it's they're they're just a second you know school to win a national championship in the BCS you know college football playoff era. That's ninety eight. Despite not winning their conference title, you know, Bama that did it, they did it twice in 2011 and 2017. So, you know, definitely a lot, you know, a lot of, you know, stats here for Georgia. You know, Setson Bennett, who was a walk on earlier this year, mm-hmm. you know, he's the first walk on to, de- you know, to defeat a Nick Saban coach team as a starter. Brian Greasy did it when he was at Michigan, you know, when Saban was at Michigan State. Um, just, you know, and they didn't give up a lot. And they, you know, they, they won 13 games by 15 plus points in a season. That's the Clemson team that did in 2018. So a lot of, you know, definitely a lot of stats and a lot of firsts for Georgia, of course, bringing their 42, uh, their 42 uh, year national championship title drought, well, 40 year national t- championship title drought. You know, that was the second longest after Auburn did a few years back, of course, with, about 10 years ago. It's been already been like 12 years already with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I know there's still partying down there in Athens, and like, they have every right to. I know they're gonna. I think they're gonna do a parade. I think t- today or maybe tomorrow. But 
yeah, just, you know, they deserve it. And, you know, it's been like years and I'm sure they're still going crazy down there in Athens. Yeah, one more nugget or two on this game before we move on. Uh, Bryce Jones, we mentioned for Alabama Lakina, even though he did pass for 369 yards and a touchdown, he had two critical interceptions, and and that's not good, and that's not the, a formula for Alabama's su success. As we mentioned, their running game was shut down and uh, by Georgia's defense. Now, on on the other side, Alabama's defense did well. They had uh, they went home on on Bennett five times, but check out this stat, Lakina: no interceptions. When's the last time the Alabama defense uh, finished the game with no interceptions? Well, and also, well, yeah, I mean, it's been a while, and you know, mm -hmm. that, that was I know that was a weird like interception, or maybe they, they thought it was a fumble that was recovered. I, I don't know how they counted that, but you know that you know, Bennett, I think just threw the ball. I think I, I think I don't think it was a fumble, but that's another uh, uh, thing. But mm -hmm. you know, Branch was just there, and he you know picked it up. You know, was in bounds, and then it, came, it became a fumble. So you know, it was just mm -hmm. one of those weird, you know, probably one of the weirder ones. But yeah, I mean, you know. We, you know, we look, we saw this. You know, the defense was always a struggle for Alabama, and you know, that's what happened with them against Texas AM. That's that, that got their first loss. They were to kind of get together a little bit late, but you know, Georgia, I think, was determined to kind of you know pick some holes to the Alabama defense, and they did just that, especially through their running game. I mean, Cook and White, you know, had some big runs for them. So, you know, that I'm sure that's gonna be a thing that I'm sure they will address during the offseason. Of course, there's they're they're still the you know the too early number one ranking for next year. So hey. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports and the hashtag Football Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live and in living color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, before we get to those RES Chicago Bears, let's go to one of your other favorite subjects. We'll start to talk about this on the show as we go along here in the next in the next few uh weeks or so this college basketball one matchup in particular i'm looking forward to tonight they'll take place down there in champagne that's at eight o'clock p.m central standard time on fs1 the number 25 ranked, ranked team in the nation to fight in the line now yes illinois at 12 and 3 they'll host the struggling 76 michigan Wolverines. what's going on with my guy juan howard I, yeah i think you know COVID, I think some others, I think the guys just aren't shooting the ball very well for Michigan. I think that's probably the reason why I, they're definitely one of the disappointments this year in college who's, I mean, they're seven and six. I know they had to pause for a little bit. I mean, I think this could be a, this could be sort of like, you know, the thing that kind of jumpstarts their confidence. They can beat Illinois at Illinois, which they've done before the last couple of times they've beaten them. So should be an interesting one to hear. And those are our time though, folks, eight o'clock. On you know on FS1 in Champaign that should be a fun one. Also, to Purdue versus Purdue hosting Nebraska, you know that should be mm -hmm. a that should be a nice one. That's that's going to be the first half of that doubleheader, the Big Ten doubleheader on FS1. So make sure you uh, note the start times. And you know the Illinois has been kind of up and down. I mean I think that Big Ten conference is wide open. So yeah. I think could probably win that. You know you've got Illinois, you got Michigan State. You know they will get them in a second. Wisconsin mm -hmm. played very well with Jordan Davis. You know, definitely in the definitely among the leaders in the the Player of the Year honors. Ohio uh, State. Ohio State is you know also Iowa. You know they might sneak in there too. So yeah, there's a look. There are a lot of that. That Big Ten is wide open in the hoops. So I don't think a lot of people realize you know, how deep this conference is. I know they had a I know they had a tough you know tough go last season. You know with the with COVID and everything. But yeah, it looks like this year is going to be. It's definitely more wide open. Yeah, take a look at some of the key games for this weekend. Let's start off with tomorrow's action for college basketball, which is Saturday at 11 a.m. on the Big Ten Network. 
Eight and six Northwestern. Yes, Chicago's Big Ten team, air quotes. <laughs> They'll travel to East Lansing to take on the number ranked, uh, number 10 ranked team in the nation, the Michigan State Spartans. The Spartans check in at 14 and two, as I mentioned, Northwestern at eight and six. I don't think Northwestern has a chance anymore. Lakina, I'll save you the breath. I think Michigan will beat them by 20. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> at 11. So. Yeah. At 11 a.m. on Fox, a big East action. Uh, 10 for Creighton. The Blue Jays will travel to face number 17 ranked Xavier. That the Musketeers. Fun, that should be a fun one. That's 11 a.m. on Fox, Texas Tech. Uh, coming off a couple of big upsets. They beat Kansas and they beat Baylor without their top uh, top player. You know, back to back. You will see how they do against the fighting Bruce Roberts. Oh, although I think he's not coaching right now because of COVID. I think he might mm-hmm. be back tomorrow. I'm not sure. So that should be a good one on 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Seton Hall coming off an upset loss to DePaul. Look, hey, they have one. They have like at least a couple of these. So, you know, they, they got their first. The, it might not be first. as bad. We got to get our guy Josh Hicks on. But well, it yeah. looks like DePaul, I'm not saying they're going to make it to the tournament this year. But it looks like things may start to turn around there. So they might not be as bad as the show as we, uh, we, we expected the last several years. Well, I mean, they, they, they think they're like one and six in their in their conference right now, but they're you know mitigating circumstances. So we'll mm-hmm. see if maybe they've turned the quarter. But Seton Hall, they play Marquette. That's eleven a.m. on FS1. A good one here in the SEC. You got the number twenty-two ranked Tennessee Vols going up against Kentucky and Lexington. That's a noon game on. Let's go ESPN. Tennessee. The hell with Calipari. <laughs> oh Lord, okay. You know I just sneak that one in there. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, West Virginia, uh, Kansas. Yeah, that should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. That's at one o'clock on CBS. Uh, Arkansas and LSU. I know Eric Musselman is going to be out a couple of games. I think you know. I think he's out due to COVID protocols. But LSU has been playing very well. They beat Kentucky last week, so you know that that should be a fun one. That's at one o'clock on ESPN. Texas and Iowa State. That's if you have the Big Twelve, you know, slash ESPN Plus. That's a one o'clock game, so you guys can check that and stream that game out. Any other games that kind of like catch your attention to, uh, to, uh, tomorrow and Sunday? I wish this game was on television tomorrow, but number two, Gonzaga will face Santa Clara at three o'clock. Gonzaga, the number two team in the country, the Bulldogs are at 13 and two. I want to watch them play, but it looks like I had to, I'll have to wait for that one. But it looks like I'll be able to watch this next game at 3 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. My guy, Penny Hardaway. Let's see if he can get mm. his 10th win of the season as Memphis will play East Carolina on the road. Definitely, It's definitely tough down there in North Carolina that, for East Carolina, but that should be a, that should be a fun one there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Baylor hoping to bounce back from their loss to Texas Tech. They play uh, Oklahoma State at four o'clock tomorrow. That should, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if Scott Drew's guys can bounce back after that loss. Stanford and Washington. I know Stanford upset USC, uh, although they, you know, they they play Washington. I know they're, you know, the schedule in the Pac-12 has been very weird due to COVID. Some mm-hmm. teams are, you know, a pause. If you saw some of the games last night, the Oregon UCLA games, as well as the Oregon State. USC game, mm-hmm. there was basically nobody there, just the family members. Mm-hmm. You know, there were no cheerleaders or band on the sidelines. I guess because you know, of COVID, so it's going to be like this for the next couple of games. So it's going to. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's the case with all the all the Pac-12 teams. I don't. Case, I don't know if that's the case in Washington. You probably got to watch that game if you've got the Pac-12 network. But yeah, it's a little weird right now. But uh, we'll see if things are starting to slowly get back into focus here in college hoops. Um, Loyola. Uh, they're playing Indiana State at six o'clock. That's, if you got CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, you can check that game out. Drew Valentine's guys, he's picking up the 
been picking up the slack and picking up pretty well for a Porter Moser. He's doing pretty well right now. I think they're, I don't know, I think they're like, they, they only have one loss in their conference right now. So, you know, that, sh- that might be a fun one there in the Missouri Valley. And just two top 25 games for Sunday. Butler will, will travel to Villanova to take on the Wildcats. Uh, that's at 11 o'clock on FS1. And at the same time on the Big Ten Network, Penn State, eight and six in ben T- Big Ten action. They'll travel to Columbus to take on the 16th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. They check in with the 10 and four mark on the year. And old Biggie's rivals, you know, Ballet. I know Patrick Hulians, I think he's been out too because of COVID, Georgetown and St. John's. You know, those two have a very interesting rivalry. I know Georgetown's kind of struggled this year, you know, for various reasons. St. John's as well with Mike Anderson. So, but but even so, those those two teams mm-hmm. are always it's always fun between those two teams when they battle it out in the biggies. It's an old rivalry. You know, we can go all the way back to the Luke Karnaseka, you know, John Thompson, uh senior days, junior days, I should say. So you know, that's, that should be a fun one. And yeah, so, you know, those are your, some of your key games. You know, you go into the, you know, oh, I, Iowa, Minnesota, you know, at one, at one o'clock on the Big Ten Network. So if you guys want to check that game out, that should be a fun one too. So, you know, like I said, I mean, it's, it's sort of, we're getting to the time of year where college hoops, COVID is still an issue. You know, mm-hmm. I saw that um, the Providence game against UConn had to be postponed because they're having ish, COVID issues with Providence. I, you know, Schools are slowly starting to kind of get back into it, but yet you still got some cancellations and postponements, you know, limiting on crowds and such. So it, it's, yeah, it's just crazy right now. And I think they are going to have to push the schedule of the tournament back. I know they don't want to do that, but I think they're going to have to because you got you got guys and gals, I'm sure it's happening on the women's side too, mm-hmm. having to play like four or five, four games like six days. And that's a lot. Exactly. That's that's an NBA schedule, not a college schedule when you only play two, maybe three games at the most in a week. And so, like you said, this continues. They will have to uh, push it back a week, but we'll see what happens as we continue along with this college basketball season. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports, Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina here with you. Lakina, we have a few minutes left. You can uh, get this out of your system. Um, well, I'm sure we'll bring it back up when we have our buddy Christine Manica join us in, in the next hour. The Bears are interviewing any and everybody who wants to take their job offers. Uh, why don't you give us an update on who they interview? who didn't they interview yet, in your opinion? I'll give you my thoughts uh, afterwards. Well, it's, it's, well I, I mean, I think, they're, I think they're talking to Brian Flores, who's the former uh, Dolphins head coach. Oh, they actually I- did? Yeah, I think they're about if they have okay. it already. Uh, yeah, so you know there goes a, their uh, uh, Rooney rule. No, no disrespect to Flores, but no, no, but, you well, know no, all, they, each team has to interview a minority candidate uh, no, they, with, no, they, with they, these head coaching jobs. Well, no, they've actually interviewed a couple of uh, black head coaches, also a couple uh, well, two office guys, like five, oh. no, like five. So Ooh, the Bears, the Bears are making sure they overdo that quarter. <laughs> Well, remember they got. Oh, uh, continue, they, continue. They got, well, no, they got they got somebody there that I think that's going to make sure that that they do. You know, they they, they interview Glenn Cox, who I believe uh, works with the Browns, I believe, and I think he and uh and he and our, our buddy Jared Payne they played together at Miami, so mm-hmm. you know that you know, they interviewed him. I know they interviewed uh, uh I can't even the Champ Kelly. Uh, I can't even say this other guy's name. He's a VP for the Browns right now. Uh, Kwasai Adolfo Mensa. You know, there there are like a lot of names, and you know, it, it's just like I, I, you know, I think they're just throwing like spaghetti against the wall to see, you know, what sticks at this point. 
I, I know Doug Peterson got a look. I know that, you know, the I know they're, they're talking about Brian Flores right now. It's a little bit weird. I was doing this um uh, this preview with uh Joe Tanksley, our, our buddy from We Are Real Radio, and also mm-hmm. to Eric at home from Yahoo. And Eric, you, know, you guys can go back to this yeah, on the on a war media site, but you know, he brought up a couple of good names, a couple of names. Yeah, and I forgot, I forgot just that quick. It's my my old age here. But you guys go back and listen to it. But you know, I think they're look. Look, I, at this point, I think I think they're just kind of picking guys, you know, to see like who can, who's probably the best fit. Do they do they pick maybe do they pick the head coach first and then just see if he can mesh with whoever the GM ends up being? I'm it's afraid that's going to happen. That's probably this what's going to happen. This is me. That that that's sort of like I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think you know, Flores. I don't know if they're still. I think they're about their meeting as we speak. So we don't know what you know how long they're gonna they're gonna pick up and stuff. I, I I just look at this point. I mean, I know people want you know. There are some folks that want you know Jim Harbaugh. There are some guys that mm-hmm. want maybe a Doug Peterson who's been out of the game for a while. There are even some folks that say they wouldn't mind Brian Flores or maybe a Leslie Leslie Frazier. I mean, it, it's it's definitely one of those one of those things where you wonder like, okay, what direction are they going to go to? Uh, I was listening. I was listening to the Under Center podcast with our guy uh, Ken Davis uh, from More Media in NBC Sports Chicago. That's the Chicago Bears podcast presented by NBC Sports Chicago Under Center podcast. Make sure you you can watch it on YouTube at NBC Sports Chicago or download the podcast. You can listen to it wherever you go. And then uh, I, I was listening to the episode from this past Monday earlier today, Lakina. It was Ken, Adam Hogue, Coach mm-hmm. Weinstead, and David Kaplan. And one of the issues that was brought up on that episode was, was do you want an offensive guy for the job or do you want a defensive guy for the job? And I know I believe David Kaplan said he just wants the best guy for the job. And as I told you on Monday, Lakina, can we just get a coach in here that can score 27 points or more for this Bears team? Can, mm-hmm. can we do that? Now, me personally, I want a coach with some experience. And like you said, Brian Flores, who was already interviewed, uh, it leads that list of potential candidates for the Bears. Mm-hmm. It's just a pessimist in me. You can go back with recent history with Lovey Smith, which happened to work out, even though he wasn't the Bears' first choice. You can go back to Lovey Smith, Mark Tressman, and Dick Jerron with that whole Dave McGinnis mess after they fired Wanstead following the 98 season. It's just a pessimist in me that they're going to hire the coach first and then force him to work with this GM who may or may not like the coach that the Bears just hired. And this coach is going to have little to no experience they're going to use it as a, a stepping stone in their resume, and they'll be better off for going working for a better organization in the Bears, i.e. the McCaskies is going to go look like fools again. That's just my pessimistic view of it. What say you? Oh, look, I, 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 look, it could be all those things. I've kind of become a little more open-minded. I could see that being the case, too, with the fact that they could maybe just, you know, but I think if you, you hope that maybe a bear, the you know, coach in Chicago Bears isn't a stepping stone, you know, quote-unquote stepping stone, but you know who knows? But it, it, like I said, we'll get more into it with Christine. But you know, mm-hmm. do you want an offensive guy or a defensive guy? I just want someone who can qual, who can make good personnel decisions. That's all I want. I mean, it, do you want the young up and comer? Do you want someone who's a little bit more experienced? Do you want kind of like the old school guy or a new school new school guy? I I I don't know. Like you know, just don't f it up. If, if George McCaskey is going to be the final decision, I still think Ted Phillips will probably still be. You know, he'll probably make a few, you know, suggestions to even though they're not, he may, he's still going to be in the room, even though they don't have to answer to them, but. He should I, be I, in the room, um, moving the Bears to Arlington Heights. That's where I need him to stay. 
I, I, look, I don't know. Well, what do we know? know. <laughs> but yeah, but look, I don't know. I mean, look at, the, at this point, like I said, I'm sure Christine, when we, we when she comes on, we'll have her opinions and her thoughts on it. But it's just, I, I just at this point, I, I don't know. I, I who knows what the Bears are going to do because I don't think they know at this point. The fact that they have like they're going to have like 20 people. They've already had like 30. They may have 30 folks coming in, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's just who knows. But we'll we'll talk more about this with our our girl Christine when she comes comes on with us later on the show but meantime we're also going to preview super wild card weekend yay um, could there be some upsets in the miss but you know i think they will they might but we'll be a give you couple. our picks next hour <laughs> well, but we but you know you never know but yeah we'll preview super wild card weekend and a whole lot more coming up next this second c sports and you're watching you listen and watch this second c sports on sports zone chicago AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The college football playoff this Monday night in Indianapolis. It's Georgia taking on Alabama. The Bulldogs ranked number three in the college football playoff poll. Alabama number one, but the Crimson Tide head into the game as an underdog. Georgia is a three-point favorite. That's no concern for Crimson Tide coach Nick Saban. You know, being an underdog is being an underdog. They have a really good team that's very well respected. We have a tremendous amount of respect for them. You know, it's important for our players to know what they need to do to be able to continue to have success in the next game, regardless of what happened in the last game. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game, but Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart doesn't see that as a factor. It's really separate from the SEC championship other than obviously everybody will be using that tape to look at matchups and and look at tendencies and things. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. This is the feeling you get when you have a dedicated Fidelity Wealth Planner looking at your full financial picture. Someone working with you on a flexible, comprehensive wealth plan based on your goals, helping you balance risk and reward. It's being able to enjoy today because you have a plan for the future. This is the planning effect from Fidelity. Learn more at fidelity.com wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday. We're live in the 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hello, and Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You have a comment, a question for us during any of our topics on today's show, which is now less than 60 uh, minutes remaining. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. We'll, uh, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakina, Lakina will politely give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. 
Uh, let's uh, kick this second hour of Second City Sports off looking at with uh, going into our previews of Super NFL Wildcard Weekend. We'll give you our picks with our buddy Christine Manica at the bottom of the hour. Lakina, we have two games taking place on Saturday, which is tomorrow. The first game will be on NBC at 3.30 Chicago time. It'll be the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Lakina, what are your keys for both teams uh, for this game uh, coming up tomorrow? Yeah, this this first game, look, I know this is definitely, to me, I think this one's a little bit of a pick because I feel like this is the first appearance for Cincinnati in a walker. If, if they would, this would be like their first win, I think like 30 years almost. Since so. 1990. I was yeah, still in grade so. school. Yeah, so yeah, so that's a yeah. It's been a long time. I know Vegas. I know some people will say Vegas kind of backed their way into the playoffs. You know, I know. Well, thank you, Chargers. I know, right? But yeah, that's a that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, yeah, this was going to be very interesting. I mean, you, you look at the look at the uh, the you know the, the O line for the Bengals. Can they keep Joe Burrow afloat? Are we going to see the good Derek Derek Carr? I this mean, is his first playoff game now because yes. he missed it back in 2016. Yeah, they missed it a couple of times, you know, before then. So, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be one of those things where you wonder, okay, who wants this more? I and mean, they both these teams are coming back from not playing in the playoffs for a few years. Can can the Raiders defense stop Jamar Chase? You know, Joe Mixon. We'll see how he looks here because he's coming back from COVID. Like I said, can the deep can the uh, the O line keep Joe Burrow float for the Bengals? This is definitely going to be one of those days. Can we see a, a big game from Josh Jacobs? I mean, this is sort of one of those games where you just really don't know what's going to happen. So I think this is probably going to end up being a pick 'em for me. I'm not going to say this is going to be an upset. You know, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But you see, you read the you know the Bengals and the Raiders. You know, most of the, most of the players on both teams don't have playoff experience. So this is going to be where it, it's really good gonna be like who who will shine in this game and i'm glad you brought up uh, josh jacobs lakina for the vegas raiders it's gonna come down to the running game joe, you have joe mixon on the bengal side you, you, and you have josh J jacobs on the other side for the raiders you remember he was key to the overtime win last week wearing down that charges defense now cincinnati had most of their players out last week as they clinched everything losing to cleveland on the last day of the season but it's going to come down to running the football and for joe burrow you mentioned that the offensive line and keeping him upright this will be his first playoff game as a second year quarterback and, and let's see if he could uh, do well. I think he'll he'll definitely benefit from if the running game gets off to a good start. But he cannot turn the ball over. That Raiders defense is hit and miss. We know they're not, they're not a dominating defense, but uh, they can create a couple of turnovers here and there. So the so it, for me, the key is uh, um, is the running game for both teams and not turning the football over, especially if you're Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that's going to be the thing with with turnovers and such. So. Like I said, this is gonna be like I said, it's gonna be one of those pick 'em games because I, I feel like maybe you could probably toss a coin and whoever comes up, either team, they could probably win this game. So it's definitely gonna be like who who does you know who shows up. I mean, I know Mixon was number three in rushing this year in the NFL, so you, you gotta try and slow him down. You gotta slow down Jamar Chase mm -hmm. and such. You know, the defense has been pretty solid. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, you know, that's probably name a lot of people don't know about, but he was in the top. He was top five in sacks. So. It's gonna get this is gonna be a very interesting part where you know with Cincy and you know, like you said, you're dealing with there might be some nerves there with you know with both teams. You know, for a lot of these guys, this is gonna be their first playoff playoff appearance. So, you know, it's good, it's good. There might be a there might be one of those ugly games, it might be a chess match here. So we'll see. It should be it should be a fun one. Now, the nightcap of this one should be a good one, too. Of course, you've got 
the Patriots and the Bills, you know, weather could be an issue in this game. You know, we're seeing, we're talking maybe cold, maybe snow, maybe both. Who knows? It's supposed but, to be the second or third coldest game in Buffalo Bills history. I think it's supposed to be five or four degrees at kickoff, uh, and it feels, and then the wind chill at negative six. If I read that correctly, uh, this is a perfect weather at this time of year for the city of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it should be yeah, definitely a perfect time of year. You're in mid January in Buffalo, but of course, you know both teams with their season series. If you're the if you're the Bills, I mean, this is sort of your time, and in Orchard Park, I'm sure that place is going to be rocking. And, you know, it's going to get very interesting. It's going to get, this is going to be like, are we going to see the first game where it's going to be the running game? So it's going to be very cold. Or we'll, we'll see in the second game where, you know, Buffalo after like the second quarter kind of dominated. So is this going to be one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, which, which one are we going to get? Or we're going to get a mixture of both. Will it be a high scoring affair? But, you know, it's going to get, this is going to be good. I mean, look, you know, Josh Allen has to not make any dumb mistakes. Uh, will Mac Jones look like a, like a rookie? Will the will the the, the running will they actually use their running backs in Buffalo? Uh, you know, you know, Damian Harris. I know he's been you know battling injuries. You know, will he be a hundred percent? So this is gonna be one of those games where you, you just don't know what's gonna happen. It's gonna come down to turnovers and who's gonna make the big play. Now, will Bill Belichick use the same game plan as he did a month ago? Um, when they beat Buffalo on Monday Night Football, I don't think so. They they're going to want run the ball for sure. I don't think they're going to run it that many times. But it's going to come down to who can protect the football, who's going to cause the turnover, who can make the big play. I don't think this will be uh, rookie Matt Jones's first playoff game, the rookie quarterback for the Patriots. And Josh Allen, he's been there before for Buffalo, as you mentioned. He cannot turn the ball over either. You know, he's a risky guy. He's a poor version of Brett Favre. But it's going to come down to who's going to make the big play, especially down the field, despite the weather conditions. Mm-hmm. And and I think Buffalo has on paper has just a little bit more playmakers than on the other side for New England. But as we talked about the last few weeks, Lakina, New England's defense is no joke. It's not dominant. It doesn't have the sexy names on it outside of Dante Hightower. But uh, this New England defense can hang with the best of them. Uh, yeah, they can. I mean, I think if you're, if you're going to see like the the defense that we saw in the first meeting where they kind of, you know, handcuffed Josh Allen, that Buffalo offense. Sure. Yeah. But you know, they really, really didn't see too much in that second game. So it's good. Like I said before, which defense are you going to get? And I think you you have a lot of experience now with Buffalo. You got, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, feel like they probably, you felt kind of slighted last year, you know, being, you know, losing to the chiefs in the AFC championship game. I think they feel like they have a shot. This is probably their mm-hmm. best shot to get into the, the Super Bowl. So, you know what? You know, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna say my pick yet, but yeah, this mm-hmm. is gonna be really big key. We, look, we, it might be a six-three game or something like that. Who knows? With the weather, weather being a factor, it's gonna be freezing there. So, excuse me, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, this going to the, the triple header on Sunday with the first of the noon first noon game on Sunday. You got Philadelphia and Tampa. Now, it looks like it might rain. This might be a, a problem too with the weather because it might rain. Down in Tampa, they're expecting a lot of rain, so it could be the battle of running. And we know Philly does run the ball pretty well. So, you know, where do you see this game? I think this game is going to come down to uh, who can run the ball the best. On on Tampa Bay side, you have Leonard Fournette. I know you have Ronald Jones. I know they didn't do as well uh, during it last year. They did it when they had to. But I think this year it's going to be imperative for Tampa Bay to run the ball because looking at all the injuries, especially at right receiver, 
uh, for for the Buccaneers. And you don't want to put all that pressure on on Tom Brady. So it's going to come down to running the football for them. Now on the flip side for Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, he's a second year quarterback. This will be his first playoff game. You need to protect the ball. And, they, and Philadelphia will definitely have to lean on their running game with former Bear Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. And so, uh, of course, you have uh, rookie wide right receiver Devontae Smith out of Alabama or who, who can or go up and get it. it. I think the running game is going to be key for both of these teams. And also to Levante, David, it looks like he'll be back back to on Sunday for the for the Bucks. So I think that should definitely help them as far as the defense goes, especially if rain is going to be an issue and they may have to run the ball a little bit. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting though, who steps up for Tampa because I don't know if, you know, Fournette, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, they, they, they did, well, they did what they could. I know Ronald Jones Jr. I know he's out, you know, my, they may have to depend on Keyshawn Vaughn and perhaps maybe Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell. If it, if it becomes a running, you know, running game, you know, and then, you know, Ray may not, you know, will not have to throw a lot. So this is going to be one of those things where if rain does become an issue, I mean, look, we know Philly can run the ball. So this is going to be one of those, you know, like, okay, will it be a slippery ball? Will they have to deal with something like that? So it's going to get, yeah, it's going to be tough, but yeah, this should be, this might be a better game. I'm not going to say they're going to win, you know, the Eagles are, but this could be a closer game than a lot of people think it will be. And I agree with you on that point. And I want to bring up this other factor as well. Remember the New Orleans Saints game plan about a month ago when they beat Tampa mm-hmm. Bay on Sunday night football? Well, the Eagles take elements of that game plan in to confuse Tom Brady because that's going to be another key as well. That Philadelphia defense is a young and hungry defense. Can they confuse Brady? Can they get home to him, especially early? Early Brady hasn't been sacked that many times outside that New Orleans game. And so let's see uh, with Fletcher Cox and some of the other young studs on that defensive line, it's going to be imperative for them to get pressure on time. Brady, uh, uh, they need to take him down a couple of times, but can they confuse him? perhaps come up with an early turnover? Yeah. And that's going to be the key. Can the defense, which has sort of been, I don't want to say it's been a weak link for the Eagles, but they're mm-hmm. opportunistic. I mean, I, I, I think maybe, you know, maybe they can't perhaps maybe force, you know, Brady to, to a error throw, or maybe force a fumble, or maybe the mm-hmm. rain could force, you know, for some slip, some wet, you know, footballs, but mm-hmm. you just don't know at this point. But yeah, it'll be, you know, that that that'll be an interesting one. No doubt about it. Now, probably the probably the probably one of the games in this slate, in the Super Wild Card Weekend, is San Francisco and Dallas. I mean, these two teams, you know, have played mm-hmm. each against each other a lot. You know, they were in the same division. They played for NFC championships. You know, you can go all the way back to the early 80s and the catch. You know, it's been 40 years, by the way. They just celebrated that anniversary. R.I.P. Dwight Clark. Yes. And, um, you know, I know people thought that, oh, well, you know, it's a Tony Romo factor. No, this has been a, a staple on CBS with, you know, Dallas and San Francisco playing each other. You know, they were in the same division for years. Like I said, they played for NFC uh, championships. We may see... CBS may show a lot of clips with, you know, now the late uh, Pastor Rowe and John Madden. It would be kind of silly if they didn't. Yeah, this is the first time they broadcasted with those two teams on that network since then. Yes, so this is going to be one of the – I'm sure they're going to be going all out for the presentation of this. And, look, Trent Williams is – like, he's going to be back for San Fran. I think that's that's really big, you know, for Jimmy G, Mm -hmm. especially if he's still a little bit banged up. And you know Dallas, you know you don't you don't really know are we gonna get the Dallas team that had that slow start against Arizona? I know they yeah I know they beat a Washington, but they put a fifty uh fifty spot up. But you know they were Washington really had nothing to play before by then, so you know I think people need to kind of chill on that. But uh, 
you know, this could look like I said before. This I think this could be one of the upsets. Again, I'm not I haven't picked yet, but this could be mm-hmm. one of those upsets, you know, of the weekend. I know the 49ers are a, a lot of people's popular pick. As we, as Lakina mentioned, we'll give you our picks at the bottom of the hour. But what concerns me on the on the side of the Dallas Cowboys offensively is Ezekiel Elliott healthy enough? Is Troy uh, Tony Pollard, excuse me, healthy enough to run the ball? Because the San Francisco defense is good all the overall, but they're better against the run. Mm-hmm. So will both those guys I just mentioned will they be healthy enough to keep San Francisco and Joey Bosa at bay? That's question number one. Question number two, will Michael Gallup play? He got injured a couple of weeks ago, as you mentioned, that game against Arizona. Will he be available to play? If not, it's going to be on the shoulders of Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson to carry the day for the wide receiver core for the Dallas Cowboys. And you have to use that tight end shorts a little bit more as well. Yeah, they did. I think it's going to be definitely going to be a, a key there, especially with, I don't think, I think Gallup's Gal on IR, so I don't think he'll be okay. able to play this week. So. But yeah, I mean, you know, maybe feed the Zeke, you know, and hopefully maybe if you're the 49ers, maybe use the same formula that you did, you know, when you beat the Rams, you know, run the ball and use your defense. And I would be surprised if we see a lot of Depot Samuel. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting though. And we'll, we'll see if they, if they do, you know, look, this is going to be one of those games where look, these are two old rivals playing each other in the playoffs and, this should be a, a fun matchup. And look, if you're the 49ers, I mean, look, I know some people say you kind of snuck in there, but, you know, look, I mean, you've got the defense to do it. you got the running game to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you get the good Jimmy G, you can do it. I mean, if you're a Dallas, you know, they've been inconsistent. So, I look, I don't know what Dallas you're going to get. I, I know that uh, I don't know, Trayvon Diggs has been, you know, will he be a factor? Will he you know, come in and sneak in and get, one, get an interception from Jimmy G and, and such? But, this could be one of those, you know, this is probably going to be the, the game of the weekend, I feel like. This is going to be, a, this should be a fun game uh, nonetheless. Now, the nightcap here. Uh, I just want to say one more quick note before we move on. Uh, Micah Parsons, the rookie uh, defensive line, lineman out of uh, Penn State. Uh, this will be his first playoff game. As I said, he should be running away uh, winner for the defensive rookie of the year. I want to see how uh, Dallas will use him, especially uh, against the run. Now, uh, he'll. I think he'll get home to Jimmy G at least one time, but how he's how they're going to use this, especially against the run, because you mentioned Debo Samuel is used as a part-time running back, and Elijah Mitchell has been running very well out of the backfield for the 49ers over the last month, month and a half or so. I want to see how the Dallas defense use, uh, is uh, is used with, with Micah Parsons in there. That's going to be sort of the thing. You know, will he be a factor? I know he hasn't played well the last couple of games, so that's going to be the thing, and well, and, and look, I mean, if, if you're looking at these two teams, I mean, it's going like to be very interesting. But, again, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll get to more in-depth in this game in a second when Christine comes on. Pittsburgh and uh, Kansas City, that's the nightcap. I just saw a tweet from Lindsey Jones that Tyreek Hill will play, you know, barring a setback. Of course, you know, he, he banged up you know, his heel mm-hmm. in the last game of the, the regular season. So, but, you know, Pittsburgh, I mean, I, I, lo- I love Big Ben's comedy. He's, he's gonna like you know just go you know go all out and you know and whatever. I know some people thought that maybe Pittsburgh kind of backed their way into the playoffs, but it, you know what? It's I'm sure. Look, you know Mike Tomlin has his way of getting his guys ready, so I'm sure Juju Juju Smith Schuster. You know we'll see if he can play, but I, I don't know. Like I said, I know people are already saying that how much are is Kansas City gonna beat beat the the, the you know the Pittsburgh by. 
I'm not going to look. There's always look. As I said, once you're in a dance, you have a shot. So it's going to be very interesting to see if the Steelers can pull off a miraculous upset. The question is for me, if you're Pittsburgh, can you muster up any office production outside of a running back Najee Harris? That's that's going to be a question. As we mentioned, Lakina, uh, this Pittsburgh office has been hit and miss all year long. And when we finally get that Ben Roethlisberger performance that we've been waiting on for weeks, that's mm-hmm. a $64 million question. On the flip side for Kansas City, can they run the ball consistently? And will their defense show, show up? I, I know they haven't leaned on them uh, these last couple of weeks since the offense has gotten back on track. But uh, those are the two elements I'm looking forward to on, on Sunday night between the Chiefs and Steelers. Well, and I think that, look, I think, look, I'm not going to say, say the Steelers are going to pull off the upset, but mm-hmm. I think the game's going to be a little bit closer. Right? I feel like, you know, I can see this is the first time in a couple of years that the Chiefs have had to play on Wild Card Weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a whole different, you know, di- you know, dynamic that they probably aren't used to. So I think Steelers, you may see a little bit of a fight from them. But again, I, I just don't know. But, you know, we'll, 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 we know one person we could ask. And we got her on right now. She's our buddy from Cakes, our B Radio in Sioux Falls, Miss Christine Manica. Christine, how, what's up? Oh, it's a nice new setting for you. What's going on? I know. I, I decided to do a little bit of standing. I sit too much during the day, you know, I just, just changing it up a little bit. But no problem, no problem. Yeah. Now, absolutely. Now we're you know, Sid and I were just going through some of these games. Yeah, the last game that we're gonna preview through, and again, we'll talk more in depth when we do our picks in a little bit. But probably the game of the weekend. Well, technically, it's not the weekend because it's a Monday game. But well, I guess if, if it's, it's ML, MLK day, so if you're off that day, then it's sort of like a you know, three day weekend here. A nice little capper here. You got Arizona and Los Angeles. Um, you know, two old NFC West rivals. They both split their you know their regular season meetings. Where do you where do you see this uh, see this matchup? Because I think this is probably going to be the game of the weekend. You know, I feel like this is the Super Bowl game. In all honesty, because you got two great teams going up against each other, and and it's really hard to to figure out who would pull it out. I guess it's whoever shows up that day as a team. You know, sometimes from the Rams, you can't really know what to expect from them and then you have a team like Arizona that was number one at one point for a long time for a solid eight weeks during the season they were they were the cream of the crop and then they lost a couple of games so uh, again it really depends on what team shows up and who wants it for me both both these teams struggled to end the regular season the Rams backed into an NFC West division title and uh, the Cardinals uh, uh they didn't look good as the regular season ended. I know they're supposed to get J.J. Watt back, but this is a couple of things. For me, can the Los Angeles Rams get back to dominating defensively like they did last year outside of Aaron Donald? Because let's be honest here, they've been out physical a couple of times this year, both times by the 49ers and early in the season by the Tennessee Titans. And number two, quarterback Matthew Stafford, you're out of Detroit. You're in the big stage now. Now, this is when you earn your pay, and so and, and you were brought over here to take the Rams to the next level. We'll see what happens on Monday. It's yeah, I mean, this could go either way. This this mm-hmm. is one of the, one of those uh, pick 'em games, I think. Because yeah, I, I look, I mean, lost it. You know, the the Cardinals actually play better when they're on the road, so maybe this is maybe this is sort of one of those things where like maybe we'll see the car the great Cardinals teams that we saw that played that played on the road early this year. And, you know, like you said, Sid, I mean, this is actually, this could be Matt Stafford's first 
ever playoff game. Yeah. So this is uh, in a Rams be, uniform. In a, yeah. Well, in a Rams uniform. I know that. I know he played like a couple of times when he was like mm-hmm. with the with the Lions, but you know, this is gonna be his first times like sort of like in the spotlight. Yeah. You know, they won a division. You know, the, getting ready for the for the playoffs, and you know they're hosting a playoff game. Yeah, the, I want to see how he does because that's a pretty good uh, Cardinals defense who may have JJ Watt back. It looks like he's been practicing uh, all this week, and they don't play it on Monday, so we may get an answer by Sunday whether or not he'll play, but. Should be a lot of fun. Now, before we get into like other stuff, is there any other wild card weekend games that kind of have ca- caught your that catch your eye, Christine? Uh, it's got to be the Patriots and the Bills. You know, this is kind of a this is another game that everyone's going to be watching. It's a huge rematch. We already saw what you know the Patriots did with the Bills the last time, so it's going to be interesting to see what they can pull off this time around when the weather should be kind of decent. Um, not like it was the last time that they faced each other. So again, it just depends on who wants it. And I think that, you know, Bill Belichick, he's been in this situation, gosh knows how many times. So I think you got a good leader in your coach to kind of get you ready for the big stage, especially when you're a, when you're a new quarterback, like Mac Jones is. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on the Hashtag Football Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in living color. I'm Sid. That's looking at It's Christine. Christine, I know for those of you obviously watching us on Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and YouTube, Christine is wearing her beautiful Ooh. Chicago Bears hat. Of course, the Bears <laughs> are uh, interviewing any and everybody who wants to take their jobs, both Boy. the GM and the head coach. We broadcasted the George McCaskey press conference on our last episode on Monday live. And uh, me personally, he screwed up the beginning of the press conference, uh, shaming Bears fans and using Jeff Dickerson. It, it, that, it, it was just crazy. What did you think about the press conference, Christine? I got to be honest. I watched parts of it and I've been meaning to watch the whole thing, but there's a reason why, you know, George McCaskey only does this once a year. There's a reason why he only gets in front of the public once a year. And, you know, when you make a big decision like firing your coach and your and your general manager, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a big day. And it's a day that all the Bears fans saw coming. Everyone in the media saw coming. I think he was just trying to navigate where else to go in the press conference because what was going to happen, we already knew was going to happen. But the question that was remaining at that point is why fire pace when there were all these rumors about, oh, he could be moving up, he could be getting promoted, stuff like that. So I think he was just honestly trying to come up with things to talk about aside mm-hmm. from the obvious in all honesty. And also he called uh, Olin Krutz a liar, too. Of course, yeah. those who don't know, uh, Olin Krutz, uh, who has uh, six kids, he's uh, he didn't want to come back as an assistant coach, but he he wanted to work closely with the Bears organization. Of course, he played for the Bears from 1998 to 2010. Uh, he was offered to work with the Bears uh, linemen, but he yeah. was only offered – to get paid $15 an hour. That's worse than a teenager starting out in high school. <laughs> and this is the way you treat your legends. You, you got to be kidding me. And then, mean, like, hmm. If it helps it, I, my first job, it was only like $12 an hour, 12 50, whatever. So, you could work for the bears. You could work for the bears. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that whole rumor was just very weird and odd to me. I mean, you know, probably one of your, your best, players your best old lineman who i don't know i don't know how much he made he probably he, i'm sure he made like a nice like five or six million his, his career with the bears but yeah 10 you know 15 dollars i mean and i can see why he didn't want to do it at first because you know his his kids were very young at the time 
but uh no that, that's just that's that's just ooh, that, that's just terrible how you treat yeah. you know and i and we've heard other bears former bears say that you know this is one of the reasons why you can't get some of the top the top guys to come in because of the way you treat you know some of your former players yeah. now all the, of all the names that are out there they're like says that they're like they're literally like everybody for <laughs> these two jobs are there any sort of names that kind of jump out at you christina who would you like to be the next coach and gm for the bears Yes, I like Dan Quinn as the coach. I like that option from Dallas. I actually thought that they were going to interview uh, Kellen Moore. He's the offensive coordinator for Dallas. I saw his name being thrown out there, and I just said, you know, that's not a bad idea. Like, he's a young guy. He can probably still relate to a lot of the players on that field, granted, because he was just on the field not too long ago himself. And then I thought about um, Brian Flores, too. That was a shock to see that come up saying, what? You're firing him? Okay. I related that back to you had a winning season, a lot of winning seasons with the Dolphins, and now you just let him go for no reason. So that made me think of, you know, what happened to Lovey Smith. So that's another name that I was very intrigued about, too. Um, I, I don't like the fact that they interviewed Doug Peterson. I, I don't think he's the guy for this team. I think he, he could be a guy for another team, but not for this one, especially since, you know, Nick Foles isn't at the forefront. He's not the main QB. I can see why they would bring him in um, because of that aspect, but I don't think he would work with the team. And then when it comes to general managers, I like, oh, his last name is Ireland. Is it Jeff Ireland? Jeff Ireland. Yeah. yeah I, I, I like that option for this from the saints too. Like so far, I mean, the list, it's a long list. They're interviewing pretty much anyone that they can get. But I think before they even think about hiring a coach and doing all these coaches interviews, you got to hire the general manager first. So that way it can seem like more of a cohesive unit of, hey, we're all in this together. We're all going to pick the same guy and go from there, not going you know, backwards with it. When we return, we'll have our NFL Super Wild Card Weekend picks with our girl, Christine Manica. She's on her pulpit. She's going to stay there throughout the remainder of the show. Uh, we'll get into our thoughts about the Chicago Bulls, and we'll pay a tribute to Andrew Shaw, who was honored at last night's Blackhawks game. Along with Lakina McGee and Christine Manica, I'm Sydney Brown. You listen to a hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports, live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The college football playoff this Monday night in Indianapolis. It's Georgia taking on Alabama. The Bulldogs ranked number three in the college football playoff poll. Alabama number one, but the Crimson Tide head into the game as an underdog. Georgia is a three-point favorite. That's no concern for Crimson Tide coach Nick Saban. You know, being an underdog is being an underdog. They have a really good team that's very well respected. We have a tremendous amount of respect for them. You know, it's important for our players to know what they need to do to be able to continue to have success in the next game, regardless of what happened in the last game. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game, but Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart doesn't see that as a factor. It's really separate from the SEC championship other than obviously everybody will be using that tape to look at matchups and, and look at tendencies and things. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
This is the feeling you get when you have a dedicated Fidelity Wealth Planner looking at your full financial picture. Someone working with you on a flexible, comprehensive wealth plan based on your goals, helping you balance risk and reward. It's being able to enjoy today because you have a plan for the future. This is the planning effect from Fidelity. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on our last segment for this week, for this week's show right here on Sports well, Zone Chicago on the Hashtag Football Friday, along with Lakina McGee and Christine Manica. I am Sydney Brown. Lakina will join us uh, shortly uh, to give us our final results from the regular season during our NFL picks. Boy. And now she's coming back to the fold. <laughs> Let's see if I could... Uh, it's been a calculation. Oh. I was doing some last minute calculations. That's oh. why. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't good last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we get to our, our picks for Wild Card Weekend, Lakina, do you have our final results from the regular season? Well, we, we yeah, I, I do. And you once it by like the regular Yes, like, always. Like, yes. Yeah, uh, I know. Christy, you, you came in second and I was in last place. So, uh, yeah. Those Close are... to um, margin. Three. It was three. So I beat Christine by three. Yeah, and and a Christine beat uh, me by like you know it, it was a five game difference between the three of us. So okay, Let's thank you, Detroit. Up. I love oh, you. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. I knew he was gonna no, break. I knew he was gonna break that. Up. you know, winning. Um. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, we, that's how we got to play for money, though, folks. We yeah, gotta, we're doing that know. next year anyway. So yeah, yeah we got definitely got to play for money. But yeah, it, look, this was a lot of fun this year, and we're still look, we're still gonna keep doing it. Yes, we we only got the playoff games, but yeah, look, it, it's cool. But you know, first game up, who I think this was gonna be another uh, toss up too. Sid, I'll start with you on this one. You got Vegas and Cincy. That's a three three game on NBC. Cincinnati's favorite by five and a half. Uh, Second-year quarterback Joe Burrow, this will be his first playoff game. On the flip side, the Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, this will be his first playoff game. Even though the Raiders uh, played in the playoffs uh, um, back in 2016, he missed it due to injury. But as we talked about in our last segment, it's going to come down to who's going to run the football uh, uh, the most, who's going to run it more effectively. Uh, I can see the Raiders pulling off an upset, especially after what happened last week. Uh, with them defeating the Chargers on the last play of the game in overtime instead of taking the tie. Cincinnati, they're at home, so they have home field advantage. But I think that it's going to be closer than what people think. I think Cincinnati has a little bit more talent offensively on paper. And so I think Jamar Chase is going to have a decent game. I'm looking for Joe Mixon to have a better game from the running backs uh, department. So I'm going with Cincinnati by three. 
Speaking about Joe Mixon, I got some facts for you. He said he is actually in the top three in rushing. He has over 1,200 yards on him, to be exact, 1,259 yards on him for the year. And, you know, with Joe Burrow back in the lineup, with his team, he can do a lot of damage. He is mm -hmm. also a great quarterback. And Derek Carr, he has 4,804 passing yards right now. That's number five in the league. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great game. I really feel it for Cincinnati. So I'm going to pick Cincinnati for this one. Like I said, this is going to be definitely going to be a pick of now. Are we going to see, hopefully, Joe Burrow can stay upright with his own line. Hopefully we can get a good good Derek Carr. You know, maybe he'll have a nice showing there. Uh, you know what? It's been 30 years. I mean, since they've won a playoff game, I think they will win this. I think Sissy will win this, but it's going to be very close. So it could come down to the final possession thing. It could mm -hmm. come down to a field goal. So I'm picking Sissy for this one. You know, it's it's been like forever since they've won a playoff game. Mm -hmm. So should be a fun one. Now this is a tough one here, Christine. I'm sorry with you on this one. Of course, AFC rivals clashing in the wild card weekend at Orchard Park, New England and Buffalo. Yeah, it, this is a tough game. My theory is this. The Bills need to stay out of their own heads if they want to win this game. However, it's, you know, the Bills. I think of that 30 for 30 special with the bad news mm -hmm. Bills, I call them, just keeps on going and going. And then nothing. Could this be another case of that? It's possible. But, you know, when you are facing a, a team like the Patriots and a coach like Bill Belichick with the years of experience, he's going to know how to lead the team in, a, in the right direction. And I think he's got a great quarterback and a great leader in Mac Jones as well. So because of that, I'm picking New England for this one. I got a feeling that they can actually pull this out. I want to do Buffalo, but... You never know what's going to happen with them if they are in their own heads. It's going to come down to who's who can cause the most turnovers on, on defense and who's going to make the big play. Buffalo has those players on the roster. New England doesn't. And I trust Buffalo a little bit more, especially after what happened uh, the last time these two teams played uh, just a few weeks ago in Foxborough. So I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah, and Buffalo is favored by four and a half. Okay, four and a half. Okay, so I got to think of Buffalo too. I, I feel like They've got the experience now. They got the taste of, you know, they almost got to the Super Bowl last year. They're at that point where, if they're if not now, when they're kind of like the Kings in the AFC East right now. So, I'm gonna pick Buffalo because I, I just think, you know, I just don't think the I don't think um, I don't think Belichick has the personnel yet. I think you know Matt Jones can only get better. I think Buffalo's got pretty much the same roster from last year. I think they've got the taste of it. They're they were very close to it. So. I think they're going to go for it. I'm going to pick Buffalo now. The Sunday games here at Raymond James will start off with the noon game here on Fox. You've got Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. Sid, you start this one for us. Tampa Bay's favored by eight and a half. We talked about the Philadelphia defense. Lakina, I think they can mm -hmm. uh, get to Tom Brady a little bit. I think they're going to surprise some people. On offense for Tampa Bay, they're missing some of the big stuff, especially at wide receiver. I know Mike Evans is there, but he's still banged up. And they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more effective than they did even a year ago at this time. I think because of the Tom Brady factor and the experience factor, the defending champions will pull off this one uh, at home. So, But don't be surprised that Philadelphia keeps this close for a while. So I'm going with Tampa Bay, but don't be surprised if Philadelphia covers. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay too. Tom Brady, you know, King Tampa Bay, he is number one in those passing yards. It's 5,316 to be mm-hmm. exact. And this is the second time in a row he's done something like that. So Tom Brady, keep on playing like you're in your 20s. I'm here for it, and I I love it. So I think Tampa Bay is going to sneak this one out. But like you said, Sid, too, don't be surprised if Philadelphia covers. Yeah, I would be surprised either, especially if weather is an issue down there in Tampa with the rain that is expected. So I'm going to pick Tampa as well. I mean, this could be a great experience for Jalen Hurts and the rest of that uh, Mm -hmm. Philly uh, team. So. They could get the taste of it and see and just get, you know, get ready for next year, you know, add some new pieces because I know they got the draft picks for it. But it's, it's you know, it's all it's all about Tom Brady. You know, we'll see, you know, which running back step up. But, yeah, I think this is all about Brady and the Bucks in this game. Now, a good one here in the afternoon slot. You know, these two teams, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, Sid. They have a big, rich history of, you know, lots of, like I said, lots of division titles. NFC, you know, championships, you know, trips for the Super Bowl. I've been excited for these two teams have like a big history, San Francisco and Dallas. I don't know what Dallas team we're going to get. Are we going to get the, the slow starting Dak Prescott? Are we going to get the defense for Dallas? That's been inconsistent. I just don't know. San Fran, they're getting high at the right time. If they if they stick to what, what, what wanted for them against Los Angeles last week, you know, do the running game. Use Debo Samuel a lot. Let your defense do your thing. I think having Trent Williams back in that old line will definitely help Jimmy Garoppolo immensely. I'm going to pick the upset, quote unquote. I'm picking San Francisco. We were talking about that today, too, how you you really don't know what type of team you're going to get from San Francisco. However, Dak just got the Offensive Player of the Week for the NFC. So I still, I still believe in Dak. I still believe in his team but you know after that that win that the 49ers have on Sunday really anything can happen mm-hmm. i think so ah and plus you know now Dak is in, <laughs> officially in the talks to be the comeback player of the year too i i'm sticking with Dallas i i got to it, i've said it from the beginning i think Dak is back i want to pick the 49ers because they've been on the road for the last month or so, especially after what they did to the Rams last week. You mentioned, Christine, we talked about it all year on the flip side for Dallas. Dak is back. Yeah. But for me, I don't know if I could trust Ezekiel Elliott and or Tony Powell to run the ball effectively. On the flip side for San Francisco, as Lakina mentioned, Debo Samuel, uh, he's a slash guy. Uh, he can uh, run the ball from um, their star wide receiver. Elijah Mitchell has been another stuff too, along with their backup, Wilson. For that alone, and I think the Dallas defense is good, but I think San Francisco's defense is a little bit better. I'm going with the 49ers in an upset. I know Dallas is a three-point favorite, but I'm going with the 49ers to win the game outright. I know. I'll be standing by my island. It's fine. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, look, this is a pick em game, so either scenario could happen. So Yeah. yeah. That's sort of that, that's what, what's great about the, the wild card weekend especially. It really wouldn't be an upset. Now, this would be an upset should this happen. Pittsburgh and Kansas City, that's oh, the nightcap on Sunday night on NBC. <laughs> I, I mean, look, who who wants to start? Because this is this is I got it. Is. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. I just think it's hilarious how Big Ben just went out and said, Yeah, we have no chance at this <laughs> game. Like, we shouldn't even be in this. I thought 
That was hilarious. I think that's pretty much the most open I've ever seen Big Ben in a press conference and just kind of having fun with it, knowing that this could be his final game ever. And, you know, with with a guy like Mahomes leading the Chiefs, he's fourth in passing yards in the in the league. And, you know, I want to just pick Pittsburgh just because Big Ben had such a fun attitude about it that maybe they could win. But in reality, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to pull this one out easily with or without, you know, Big Ben's pep talk or or TJ Watt behind the, the D-line. Yes, we talked about before, Keenan, in our last segment, where where is going, Pittsburgh going to get the offense from besides their running back, Najee Harris? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. They're, uh, All back Antonio Brown. He's available, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Mike Town is going to deal with that no, headache yeah, anymore. It was bad enough to get rid of him a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on the flip side for Kansas City, I know Carl Edwards Hilaire, uh, he's ruled out for Sunday's game. So Daryl Williams is going to carry the ball for Kansas City. For me, it's about the Chiefs being consistent on offense. Patrick Mahomes not turning the ball over. And can that Pittsburgh, sorry, can that Chiefs defense, which carried them in the middle of the season, can they stop the run of Pittsburgh? I think Pittsburgh may surprise some people for a while, but I got the Chiefs winning this one. Kansas City is favored by 12 and a half points. Ooh, 12 and a half. Wow. I, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was hilarious what uh, Big Ben said. I saw I, I saw this. I, that's so, I thought, oh, you yeah, know, we shouldn't be here. I mean, eh, you know, we have no business being in this game. Like, oh, you know, we backed into it. I, I think he was just trying to be funny, I guess. But, uh, you know what? Uh, I know Elaire is out with that shoulder injury, so that's a that's a pretty big loss for uh, that offense. I still say Casey will pull it out. You know, but I think the Steelers will cover, though. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than folks think. You know, twelve points, twelve and a half—that's a lot. So yeah, but you know, I'll I'll pick in the cheese and watch Big Ben actually do have his best have his best game right. this season, throw for like four touchdowns or something, and you know, ugh, goodness gracious. Crazy things happen in Wild Card Weekend now. Because could be the case here with a Monday night game. You got Arizona and the Rams. You know, these two teams, of course, with their regular season matchup. Matt Stafford, you know, this is this is chance, you know, to go forward. This is the first appearance for Arizona in a, in a while, I think about a decade. So, Sid, you start this one for us. The Rams are favored by four, as I said before. Both these teams uh, limped it to the playoffs, uh, not looking good. The Rams, right. I guess, uh, it, um, it helps them because they're playing at SoFi. I just re- re- my reference is to that last matchup they had on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. Aaron Donald was a man child, a harasser, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I know they're supposed to get JJ Watt back. I don't know if that's going to be enough of a difference. But Arizona for Kyler Murray, do not turn the ball over. And can you run the ball effectively with Chase Edmonds? On the flip side for the Rams, they should be doing the same thing. You could take Pershaw off and Matt Stafford. If he throws one more pick six, it's going to be the end of their season. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sean McVay will figure it out. I get. I think that boy genius titles off his head now because people have figured him out. But I think because the Rams have a better talent down on their roster, they have a better defense. I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, this one's going to be. A, it's going to be a crazy game. I believe Stafford. He's at eight interceptions. Within the past couple of games, something mm-hmm. something crazy like that. So mm-hmm. you got a great quarterback with Kyler Murray in Arizona. And then you have a good quarterback with Matthew Stafford and the Rams. But, you know, Stafford, he's been known to fall under pressure when it comes to facing against great quarterbacks. Then, you, then again, 
You have a guy like Cooper Cup on your team for the Rams, and he's just a freaking stud. Like, mm-hmm. he, what is he? Is he officially a triple crown guy now? I think he is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Officially, yes. yes. So I think just with the support that Stafford has on the Rams, it's going to be able to compete against the offensive line for Arizona and the defensive line for them. So not because of Stafford, but because of the supporting people around him, I'm going to say the Rams. Oh gosh, I've been mean, back and forth with this game because I, I, you know, it could go either way. Yeah. Especially if you remember that first meeting, you know, Arizona kind of dominated, and you know, later on this season, the Rams kind of got kind of got their revenge, if you will. I'm trying to see if I, I know DeAndre Hawkins with uh with a knee injury. He's trying to you know come back, but they're saying that it might be unrealistic. You know, who knows if that's true or not, but. <sighs> Jesus, I might regret this later. Call me, you know, you'll give me two Tylenols and call me in the morning. Oh, Lord, help me. You know what? I'll, I'll pick Los Angeles. Like, you know, this this might be against my better judgment. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick the Rams just because I think the, the, the roster is just a little bit better. And, you know, the defense, you know, they they, got, they both got good defenses, but I think Aaron is going to probably, probably play like a man possessed, so – you know, Gula trying to stop him. So, and, but watch, watch Kyler Murray get like throw for like four touchdowns, and so you know, somebody gets a pick yeah. six for, for for Arizona. So, I'll pick the Rams. Jeez, okay. <laughs> Those are your super wild card weekend picks here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Christine Manica from KXRB in South Dakota, and along with also Sydney Brown on Lakina McGee. Now, um. You know, we went through this pretty quick, of course, you know, because these are the super wild card games. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the the baseball they had their first meetings. You know, the players and the owners. Nothing. There's nothing to report. You know, they're still on strike. I, I know uh, the players didn't even look at the the proposal for the owners. We're about like three weeks away from spring training, folks. Jeez. What 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 say you guys? Because I'm thinking about the pool with their. I think I don't think we're, we're think baseball fans should be worried yet. But if we start missing spring training games, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, you know, at this point, I would say no news is good news, right? It, it means at least maybe they're trying to work it out. The players and the owners going through the proposals and stuff like that. But I think you know, as much tension as the owners and the players have with each other. I think you have to take this process one day at a time. If it gets to the point where um, spring training games are going to be missed, that's when they need to get their act together and figure out a, a deal, a solid deal that everyone can agree upon. I said late January, and I'll stick to that prediction. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, an 11th hour deal came along. You may miss a day or maybe the first two days of spring training, but I think it's going to go right up into the 11th hour, obviously. If yeah. people thought they were going to have news on it yesterday as far as getting a deal done, you're crazy. Where has baseball ever gotten a deal done on time? Right. Never. Exactly. Exactly. Never. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. We it might Hopefully, we'll get something done before the end of the month, let's hope. But, again, you know, right right now, I think, like you said, Christine, the news is good news. How about your thoughts on the national championship game on Monday? And I'm, I'm sure you probably got a chance to watch it. Well, what do you think about Georgia winning their first title in over 40 years? I say the bulldog one. Did you see how cute that thing was? Oh, Ugga, was Ugga, so the sweetest. <laughs> the sweetest. And then he was with the little butler bulldog. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is just so pure in one sense. But, no, in, in all seriousness, Georgia, you know, it's been 40 years for them. C- congrats to them. I think what Nick Saban did at the end of the game was extremely classy of him. 
telling the players, like saying, hold on, hold on before you go. Like these two guys are great. So it just shows that, you know, maybe Saban thought it's good to have someone else take the ring from him once in a while, you know, and it, it gives him a level of respect for that team as well. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in 11 color. I'm Sid. That's looking at is Christine in her pulpit in her beautiful Bears hat as we have less than 10 minutes left remaining in the program for today. Christine, let's go to the ice. Uh, the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks, they're winners Yay. of three in a row. Uh, they had an original six matchup uh, being the Montreal Canadiens last night, three to two in overtime, thanks to Philip. Khrushchev's uh, third goal of the year. He had the game winner in overtime. But before the game, they honored former Blackhawk, two-time Stanley Cup champion from 2013-2015, Andrew Shaw, a, a Canadian. They honored him before the game. It was a beautiful uh, pregame yeah. ceremony last night. Christine, what are what is your favorite moment from the Andrew Shaw career from the Blackhawks? God, I love Andrew Shaw. He was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, he seriously, he was one of my favorites on the ice. And I love how, you know, he would stand up for his team and he was willing to get physical, what whatever the cost may be. It's a shame that, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if they released why um why he ended his career early, but concussions. Concussions, yeah. yeah. So it's so it's a shame that, you know, we couldn't see him play longer but for the career that he's had with the Blackhawks I think it's amazing you know to be that young and to have accomplished so much to feel comfortable enough to say all right all right if this is going to hurt me in the long run then I don't want to do it anymore so that takes a lot that takes a lot because if you were still hungry and still looking for something I guarantee you he probably would have been back on that ice but it, it, it's great to see that that he that he uh, is honored um, and that everyone came out and supported him, which is which is even better. Let's see the emotion. You know, I watched a little bit of mm-hmm. that uh, that that legacy that last night. It just so it's just seeing the emotion on Shaw's face. You know, mm-hmm. we we talked about when he retired. Said I mean the, the history of concussions. Mm-hmm. It was just too many, and I think he said one of the doctors told him that if you get one more concussion, you're you're you know, you might, I'm not going to you know, say that he might, he might have died, but it would not have been very good if he yeah. had gotten one. So he really didn't have a choice but to retire. I'm glad they honor him. It was also great to see Eddie O back, you know, calling yeah. the game. That was yeah. really cool. Uh, I know they've had a lot of um, younger people. I, I know that they're, 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 they're skewing younger with their telecasts and such, which is fine. All those folks are really good. We had, um, we had Jason on, you know, uh, last week. So, that was yeah. Really cool. Shout out oh. to Jason Ross Jr. He made his TV yeah. debut last Saturday night yeah, in that win against did. the Vegas Golden Knights. Shout out to him. Yeah, hopefully we get a couple more of those folks because those are those are really good folks mm-hmm. on uh, as part of though that that uh, that thing they're doing. But it was but it was great to see you, know, Eddie, and you know hopefully they can you know finish strong. And the Hawks have been playing pretty well. They they won three in a row. I don't know how the heck they won that game against the Canadians yes last night. <laughs> but Take it and run with it. Take it and run yeah, with it. That's it's not, it's not style play. points. Exactly. It's not about style points. So they they won. You know they won three in a row, like you said. So. <laughs> Like you, you'll take it. You'll take it, and uh, uh, we'll take it and run with it. So it was just, it was just a strange game, for, for, to be honest. But you know, look, look, you, you'll take, you'll take it if you're the Blackhawks. So 
Yeah, my favorite Andrew Shaw moment was game two, which they won in that tough seven game series against Anaheim back in ah. 2015 ah, with yes. the soccer yes. headbutt yes. <laughs> yes. into the net. Uh, if, if, if you remember watching the behind the scenes uh, film, the run the referee said it, that was awesome. We never seen that. We, of course, that was against the rules. They couldn't count it, but like Tardis. that was yes. awesome. yeah. <laughs> like that was also, I think the Chicago Fire made a jersey for him too a couple of days yes, they later. Did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> they did. <laughs> That was hilarious. Yeah, oh, I love it. What if I, I remember watching that live? Like I'd never seen anything like that before. He sold like, well too, of course. He had to have replay. <laughs> Darn it! It, did, it didn't count. That would have been so. That would have been cool if it had did count. I mean, that that would have been like yeah. hilarious. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and he and I'm glad he kind of you know, you know made fun of it afterwards. But uh, yeah, the headbutt goal. That's a. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, and then um, of course you had the game one winner against yes. Boston in 2013, yes, and yes, now that yes, was yes. a long ass triple overtime game against Boston. It of course, was. that series went six, and of course in game six he got hit in, in the face with the puck, yes, and he sir. had the blood dripping from his face, including when they uh, hoisted the Stanley Cup on uh, Boston on the Boston Bruins ice at the end. There, that that was awesome. I know that's that's going to be ingrained in a lot of Blackhawks fans' minds forever. Oof, yeah, just a yeah. <laughs> he had yeah. to get he. He was still ba- he was still bleeding a little bit too. If you saw yeah. him when he got the yeah. cup, you know, he was still bleeding from his face. It was sort of like I don't know how they. Were, of course, I'm sure they would not have done that now. Obviously, with COVID yeah. and everything, but, <laughs> right? Right, but uh, yeah. Uh, anything else that that sort of like is on y'all minds sports wise before we wrap up? We still got a few more minutes left. Boy, what I don't know. Are are we gonna have a little sit around with some coffee and tell each other's feelings? Is that? What we're <laughs> That's a crazy. That's a crazy thought. <laughs> yeah, Christiana, I want to get your thoughts on the Bulls. Of course, they lost to Brooklyn yeah. uh, on ESPN on Wednesday. They're still twenty-seven and twelve. They play the Golden State Warriors tonight. As I mentioned, they looked bad two out of their last three games. Are you worried about the Bulls, or should there be some concern, or do you think they'll still be a playoff team? If they were 500, no, I would not be worried since they are so far ahead. I think they're even. Gosh, more ahead than what they were last time this year, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, way, yeah, way before. So, uh, no, I, I wouldn't be worried. The team has already dealt with so much when it comes to injuries, and then basically everybody had COVID. So, so with tonight, it will definitely be a challenge. I know with Steph Curry and now Clay Thompson being being full back in action, too. So, no, I, I would be worried if, if they were if they were losing at this point this season. They're still – there's still a whole lot of basketball left, believe it or not. So, no, <laughs> I wouldn't be worried. Oh, yeah. J.J. Reddick got some flack with some Bulls fans saying that the Bulls were, like, the fifth best team in the Eastern Conference. I know uh, Bulls Twitter kind of let them have it a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but that was, you know, but, yeah, that, that's sort of one of those things. But uh, any other like sports media news you got for us, Sid? I know there was a couple of things that kind of came out, like, over the, the last week, I think. Uh, no, just reading here the headline from our good friends at Awful Announcing. Uh, Skip Bayless and Nick Wright will have new weekly Fox Sports podcast. Uh, just uh, reading the headlines here by Joe Lucia. On Thursday, Fox Sports announced the launch of several new podcasts, including features some of their on-air talent. The podcast first is to cleverly named The Skip Bayless Show, hosted by who else? Skip Bayless. Episodes will be released every Thursday. Really be released every Thursday. Let's see. We let's go down here, just in case you saw inclined here. So, oh, well, the premiere, so you can see on YouTube. Uh, the second show will launch. Uh, will launch on March first, and it's hosted by Nick Wright of First Things First. Uh, what's right? W R I T H T. 
what's right with Nick? Nick Wright. That is a mouthful. We'll drop new episodes every Tuesday and uh, every Tuesday, and and it's described in the article. Go read that out. And the third podcast announced it will be a narrative show hosted by Tom Ronaldi. That's the only one. And they'll be and they'll be premiering in April. That's oh, the only okay. one I'm missing. Okay, I, I'll, I'll listen to that one because I'm a big fan of Tom Rinaldi and mm-hmm. I'm glad he's doing more things over at Fox. But yeah, the other two, I'm not interested in. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. I'm not a fan of Bull, oh, neither uh, Skip or Nick. So. And Nick said something about the Bulls earlier this year, so I, I haven't forgiven him for that either. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. What are your thoughts about Michelle Tafoya then finally releasing that, yeah, she's not going to be part of it anymore after this year? I think she's got something that works outside of sports. I, I really too. feel yeah. like, yeah, I feel like we might see her, you know, maybe without kicked, you know, out kick with uh, uh, Clay Travis and them over there, or maybe some other stuff. She might come out with a podcast too. I know she got a little bit of trouble on the view with some of her conservative uh, views. I think that might have played a little bit of a part as well, mm-hmm. but yeah. look, Cap- Catherine Taffa has done a great job on the sidelines. You know, she's done it for Notre Dame for the last few years yeah. and she might end up being, Sort of the heir apparent, so it's gonna be fine. And look, she's been Michelle's been doing it for like like twenty five years through like mm-hmm. different yeah. multiple networks. So you know, it look if and I'm sure she's gonna end up doing other stuff too. So right, it, I, yeah, fine. I think she's gonna be great on the sideline. She, I've seen her. Gosh, when I go to Notre Dame games, so yeah, I I think that's a good choice. Yeah, Catherine Tappan, of course, uh, we had her on the Dean Davis show back in the day, uh, Lakina, when NBC yeah. was doing the uh, hockey coverage mm-hmm. and she was doing the NHL Network. So she's a very good uh, host and silent reporter. So like I said, Sunday Night Football would be better with her yeah. uh, going forward. So we uh, congratulate uh, Michelle Tafoya and Catherine Tappan on, on, on both their careers. And so we'll, we'll see what they do going forward. Uh, another episode of the books, guys. Great job. Um we're going to have wild card weekend. I cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to that Dallas 49ers game on Sunday. That that should be a whole lot of fun. We'll mm-hmm. see if Big Ben has anything in, uh, left in his uh, hat of, of, of tricks against Kansas City. Uh, so it, it should be fun. Yeah, and uh, Bart's got advice to Josh Allen. I'm sure you guys heard this. Uh, if we're dealing with the cold weather that's expected in Buffalo tomorrow night, uh, Viagra. Gosh, I I I, like, I, I he, heard about that, and I'm like, good lord, I don't think that's the answer. But okay, no. he's a little. I think he's a little young for Viagra too. I, oh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going out on that's a, a good limb. guess. That's a just, really I'm good going guess. Out on a limb. Exactly, just get it a guess. But on that note, I'm looking forward to the, the of course, the wild card weekend, and also to the college hoops. Um, that we, you know, that you got all the great games. You know, there's still Illinois, some, Michigan tonight. Yeah, Ooh. we'll see if Michigan can kind of, you know, get back into it. I know they've been struggling lately for various reasons. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the like a lot of good stuff, of course, in the NBA. Uh anything you're you're interested, you're looking forward to this weekend, Christine? I'm I'm really intrigued about this Los Angeles Rams and the Cardinals game because that that for me is probably the biggest game of the weekend, along with Cincinnati and the Raiders. Yeah, all those games should be a whole lot. We we might see an upset or two. Who knows? That's how we usually do it here on you know on Super Bowl weekend. Exactly. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero A zero. Christine Reck and the lovely people follow you. They can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore kxrb. 
Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to War on Anchor on our podcast, Second City Sports, wherever you get your podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can catch Second City Sports every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. That's Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right, Lakina, close us out. All right, stay warm out there, everybody, and just be good to each other. If you're not going to get the vaccine, you know, wear your mask. You know, things are still kind of crazy. So for Sid and Christine, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you next week. Only the Bulls. Holla! <laughs> Jeez.